earth to earth, soil to soil, all the natural wonders of regenerative decomposition, recomposing our bodies and our souls into nourishment for a living, breathing planet. May your spirit live forever in a vibrant ecosystem of life and love. Missing podcast host, Evan Caldwell has still not been found. Lydia Aspel, founder and managing director of Britain's pioneering human composting funeral business, based here in South Mims, was Mr. Caldwell's last assignment. She made a statement to the press this morning. He seemed in such good spirits and asked such intelligent questions about my business, which has received a bit of attention recently. Due to its controversial nature, but I know that Evan was convinced that turning our loved ones into rich compost is the way to achieve zero carbon funerals and burials and enrich the earth for future generations. It's how we keep the spirit of our loved ones going. Evan appreciated that keenly. And the price for the best rhubarb goes to... Lydia Aspel from the Earth to Earth Recomposition Corporation. for the murder of Evan Caldwell. (gasps) That's preposterous. Unhand me, sir. And that rhubarb is being taken into evidence. (laughs) This is Detective Sergeant Aaron Miller in room 45 at Wellin Hatfield Police Station. I am accompanied by Constable Priya Shah. I am interrogating Mrs... Miss? Sorry, Miss Lydia Aspel, Managing Director... And Founder. uh, Managing Director and Founder of... uh, Founder and Managing Director. It's usually the other way round. Managing Director and Founder... No, Founder is first. What does it matter? It does to me. With me is Lydia Aspel, owner of Earth to Earth Funerals of South Mims. The Eternal Wood and Sanctuary, South Mims. That's not an address. It's my address. It's not an official address. Lydia Aspel of Thorn Cottage, Sump Road, South Mims. Oh, I do hate that name, Sump Road. The council assured me I could change it to Eternal Wood. 
Ms. Miller. Miss. We prefer to use the uh, more modern Ms. I never took to that rather 1970s title. A bit too old-style feminist for my liking. Ms. Aspel, let's talk about Evan Caldwell, shall we? Such a fine young man. So intelligent. And a real champion of rhubarb, it turned out. He came to record a podcast with you, didn't he? He did. He was so interested in how we're saving the planet one corpse at a time. Uh, is that a slogan, saving the planet one corpse at a time? Do you like it? I've just made it up. I'm thinking of rebranding the entire business, making it less earthy and more jazzy. A jazzy funeral business. Death is just the beginning, Detective Miller, and life is just an interlude. Oh, that's a very Duke Ellington kind of vibe. Is that another slogan? What is? Life is just an interlude. Yes, you're right. That's a good slogan too. Can I write it down? I have such a sieve for a memory. Oh, uh, well, it's not strictly allowed. What isn't allowed? Well, writing down marketing slogans during an interrogation in a murder case. Oh, there are specific rules about that. No, but handing you a potential weapon isn't allowed. A Pencil is a potential weapon. It could be. It's a particularly sharp one. Oh, for goodness sake. Well, I'm not going to stab you in the eye with it. Oh, all right. I'll just have to remember it. Uh, life is a short but sweet... No, life is just an interlude. It goes after death is just the beginning. Oh, you write it down for me. There's a good chap. OK. Death is just the beginning... Life is just an interlude. Thank you, Detective. OK, so, Evan Caldwell. Such an intelligent young man. You said that, and he loved rhubarb. It's strange that when we arrested you, you were receiving a prize for your own rhubarb. Serendipitous rhubarb. It's tart and nourishing, like life should be. Right. Mr Caldwell came to interview you for the South Mims U podcast. Is that right? Yes. He was interested in our unique way of turning the dead into rich soil, which can then give life as well as capture carbon. Our business is both sensitive to human needs and the desperate need to save the planet. When did he come to see you exactly? I don't remember. It was, oh, three months ago, I think. Enough time to plant and grow quite a crop of rhubarb, perhaps. Well, I suppose. I don't understand the connection. Detective Miller. It takes around four weeks to grow a rhubarb plant from seed, doesn't it? Yes, though if you plant a crown or a budded piece, it will make it come up faster and stronger. Uh, what's your point? I'll come to the point in due course, Ms Aspel. I'd like you to listen to this tape. A tape? Yes, a tape we found hidden in a packet of rhubarb seeds in your office. Oh, and what's on this um, tape? It's actually a sound card, and it's the raw recording of the interview Mr Caldwell was going to include in his podcast. He must have dropped it in my office. I'm not asking you how it got there, Ms Aspel. I just want you to listen to it. All right, then, of course. Play it, will you, Constable Shaw? <clears throat> OK, um, I'll, just, I'll just make sure that this, uh, this mic is, is working. Right, yes. No, the lights are on. Such a small microphone. Is it digital? Oh, yeah, yes. There's Well, there's a sound card in there. I mean, everything gets stored on that. That's amazing. 
So, do you want to start? Oh, okay, yes. Well, I, I'll do uh, an introduction. I mean, I'll record it properly in the studio, but I might as well get it here too. It, it might sound better with all this uh, atmos... Atmos? A atmosphere. Uh, the authentic atmosphere of this... Um, uh, Funeral facility? Or, or do you call it a chapel? Oh, no. Too many religious implications. We like to call it a sanctuary for the living dead. Living dead? Well, that sounds a bit, um, spooky. I want to reclaim that phrase from the vampires. You do? Well, that's ambitious. Everything about me is ambitious. Well, I can see that. OK, well, I'll just read in my introduction and then I'll ask you some questions. Um, can I, can I move this, uh, this box of earth over here? It's not earth. It's Mrs Galinsky, a great mind. One of the foremost psychotherapists of her time. Oh, oh, oh. No, no, she's composted. That's pure, rich human compost. Smell it. Uh, I'd rather not. It smells sweet. Sweet, rich soil, which will nourish some exotic orchids in our greenhouse. Mrs Galinsky reminded me of an orchid. So beautiful, so delicate, even in old age. So, do you match the people you compost to the plants you'll grow in their, uh, in their compost? Indeed I do. You see, I have a theory that if you match the person to the plant or tree that you want to nourish with their compost, then you will enable their spirit to bloom again, in the form of the plant or tree. Do you see? I, I think so. Well, let, let's get going, shall we? I'll, 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 just, I'll just read this introduction if I can find it. Um, uh, oh, yeah, here it is. Do you remember that conversation? Well, I don't have to remember it. You have a recording of it. I mean, do you remember the circumstances surrounding it? Yes, Evan had called me and made an appointment. It was, I think, a Wednesday. We don't do transferences on a Wednesday. Transferences? Yes, we don't call them funerals as such, but a transference from one state of energy and nourishment to another, from flesh to soil to nature, and back again. Like, um... Reincarnation? Uh, that's a completely different concept. It's a belief, one I don't adhere to. No, a uh, uh, transference is when the body is placed in the nature tube and then sent into the recomposition process. Right, yes. Mr Caldwell asks you about that. I just want to establish if you remember exactly when he came to record the interview. Um, I, well, I only remember that it was a Wednesday. OK, so let's listen to more of the tape. I mean, sound card. The recording. <coughs> All right, OK. <clears throat> Here goes. <clears throat> Welcome to the South Mims U podcast. In this episode, we're going to talk about compost. Not the kind you might nurture in your garden, but compost made from us, humans, our dead bodies. A new kind of funeral is gaining popularity, one that is truly carbon neutral and is, in fact, carbon positive. No coffins or hearses or big funerals, no cremations with their use of gas and fuel and eventual pumping of carbon into the atmosphere. This is all about what's called recomposition. I'm here at the Eternal Woods Sanctuary in South Mims with Lydia Aspel, founder and CEO of a very new kind of funeral and burial service. Lydia, do you really turn dead people into compost? Yes, through a process of natural organic reduction. 
Which is composting, right? It is. It's the same process you would use in your garden. You take organic material and put it in a confined space with other elements which accelerate the decomposition process to create a rich substance that then can nourish new life. And that's what you call recomposition, is that right? That's exactly right. And what's more, we don't put extra carbon into the atmosphere. It's a carbon-positive funeral. Carbon is absorbed as the recomposition process takes place, and then as you nourish new trees or plants, even more carbon is absorbed. Is it proving popular? Well, it's beginning to. And you started this business up on your own, didn't you? No, no I, I began it with my partner, Harold. And is he still involved? Unfortunately, he died. An accident in the Eternal Wood. Very tragic. And was he buried? I mean, recomposed using your techniques? He was, uh, and he was then placed over a field of turnips. The subsequent crop was very good. Turnips? We promise the families of those who are recomposed here that they will be returned to the earth to nourish a tree or a plant, which, as I said before, suits their character, like Mrs Galinsky here and orchids. Oh yes, so your partner Harold liked, well, he liked turnips. Loved them, looked like one, sometimes acted like one too. Oh, oh right. Oh, I'm being a little flippant. He had a good sense of humour. Okay, so how does it all work exactly? I'll show you. Oh, okay. You're not squeamish, are you? No, no, not at all. Okay then. He sounds squeamish. He was, but he managed to control it. So, you took him to see... How it all works. We had a nice old man in the process of being transferred. Cyril Abbott. You might have heard of him. No. An expert in the history of whales. Whales? As in huge mammals in the ocean? No. Wales, the country. He wrote books about Welsh history. Oh, right. Hence he was destined for our vegetable patch, where we grow leeks. You said Cyril Abbott, right? I did. We have a report here from the coroner that... It was an open verdict. Possible suicide. His last book on Welsh history did very badly. Strange, that. What's strange? Professor Abbott takes his own life, possibly, and Constable Shah has just passed me a missing... Person's report for a Mrs. Wanda Galinsky. She was found dead by the quarry. If you do your research, Detective Miller, you'll find that there's a greater preponderance of suicides linked to academics than in the general population. Is that true? Ask Constable Shah to research it, as she seems so assiduous. <clears throat> I might ask her to do that once we've completed this interrogation. Oh, this is ridiculous. You can't hold me indefinitely. You have to formally charge me to do that. Oh, we're going to charge you all right. Now, let's listen to Evan's recording again, shall we? This is persecution. Just because I'm challenging the funerary norms of Western society, I am being persecuted. Just listen. Oh, oh, I, I see, I see. The, the body is in a shroud. Yes, that, that's Professor Cyril Abbott. You may have heard of him. Oh, yes, his book on Rodri Maher the Great was my father's favourite. Was it? How sweet. Now, as you can see, the body has been placed in a vessel. Uh, we call it the transference vessel. It's made of steel. It's been lined with wood chips, alfalfa and straw. And then we cover the body with more of those ingredients. 
And then you seal the vessel. Yes, it becomes a sealed, airtight sanctuary for the body. And then what happens? Nature takes its course. The microbes break down everything on a molecular level over the course of 30 days. The body naturally decomposes and then recomposes into nutrient-dense soil. All in 30 days? Yes. The process is just like composting, as I said. Each body creates around a cubic yard. That's just under a metre of soil. Then we take it from the vessel and leave it to cure. Cure? Yes. When compost has gone through its hot phase, it needs to be left to cure. Uh, we aerate the soil and ensure it's moist, and then we leave it for another month or longer, depending on the time of year. And, and then you put it on your leeks? Or, or turnips. Or orchids, yes. Fascinating. Actually, I'd like some of that for my rhubarb at home. Uh, we grow rhubarb, and may I say, Evan, you look like a rhubarb kind of guy. Oh, do I? Ruddy cheek, a little acerbic, but full of goodness. Oh, I've never been compared to rhubarb before, but it, it sounds nice. Then you took him to your eternal wood where you keep the uh, vessels as the bodies... Recompose, yes. Now, this is done in your special structure. Yes, a geodesic dome. It's like a big tent, isn't it? No, it's a spherical structure that's made of lightweight polygonal sections held together with interconnecting struts. R. Buckminster Fuller developed it in the mid-20th century to replace the arch. The arch? As in arches. He wanted to go beyond the ancient arch and create something new. And you built one in the middle of your wood. The Eternal Wood Sanctuary, yes. Now, in this last part of the recording, there's music. You pipe in music. Like jazz, yes. Why jazz? I like jazz. OK, so let's hear this part. Oh, uh, this, this is an amazing space. So, so light and airy. I mean, I, I can see three lines of five vessels on stands. Uh, the light is soft and emerald. That, that's the only colour that comes to mind. The, the sunlight through the trees beyond the opaque panels of this strange geodesic dome is filtered by the ivory glass. Is that glass? It's plastic. Recycled ocean plastic, of course. And in, and in these vessels are...? Our clients are being recomposed, yes. That one at the end is Gerald Underheim, the renowned chess player. Oh, what happened to him? He choked on a knight. At night? No, on a night. The chess piece. Very tragic. I can't go into details, but let's just say he had certain proclivities which cannot be spoken of in polite society. Not that we should judge his preferences. And what plant will he nourish? A banana tree. Oh, uh, so inside these vessels, the microbes are at work? Indeed. The temperature inside can get to 131 degrees Fahrenheit and stays at that level for several days. The heat destroys any harmful pathogens. Does everything get recomposed? I mean, even teeth or bones? Yes, everything. We do blend the material at different times to ensure that it's aerated and to make sure that all the fragments of teeth or bone get broken down. Can a family ask for the compost of their loved one so they can take it home? They can. In the case of Gerald here, they are looking to nourish his cherished begonias with his. Oh, and many people do ask about prosthetics. You mean artificial limbs? Yes. Gerald had a prosthetic leg. Naturally, we can't put that into the vessel, so we recycled it. We're using it to grow broad beans in our kitchen garden. Right. Now, 
ever. Let's say you were asked if you'd like your remains to be recomposed and transformed into natural compost. What would your answer be? I suppose, well, I'd have no objection. I mean, if it's carbon neutral. Carbon positive? Well, carbon positive, I mean, that, that'd be great. And your family? Well, I don't really have any living relatives. It's, it's a bit unusual, I know, but luck of the draw, I suppose. Really? No living relatives? Very interesting. Why did you hide the sound card, Ms. Aspel? I didn't hide it. You found it. It looked as if you'd tried to hide it. I merely placed it with the rhubarb seeds, not really knowing what it was. You mentioned Gerald Underheim in that clip. Lovely man. He could have been a grand master, but for his proclivities... Proclivities is code for deviances, right? I judge no one. He was found in his basement, slumped over a chessboard with a chess piece stuck in his throat. He was? And we have a witness who says that you were the last person to visit him. Was I? I don't think so. Well, Miss Aspel. Miss? Mrs, Miss, Miss, whatever. Gerald Underheim had recently installed one of those new doorbells, the Ring doorbell, which has a camera on it. Oh, Oh, indeed, Ms. Aspel. Does the doorbell cover the back of the house, too? Funnily enough, it does. Mr. Underheim had clearly become concerned about his security and had added additional camera points front and back of his home. And a Mrs. Galinsky's dog walker overheard you arguing with her just a week before she, um, expired so suddenly. Your need for rare orchid seeds was clearly urgent. And Professor Abbott, that one puzzled us, but Constable Shah did a little digging. And it turns out your own father was a rival of his in the Welsh history world. And they argued over some small points of research. The man was a charlatan and a plagiarist. Reasons for you to kill him? I did nothing of the sort. And your husband? That idiot. Who now rests in peace with the turnips? This is all circumstantial evidence. Ah, but your rhubarb is not circumstantial. It is very definite evidence. In fact, based on DNA. Oh? It seems you rushed the recomposition of Evan Caldwell and some DNA survived. And we found it in the compost nourishing your prize-winning crop. If you confess, things will go better for you, Ms. Aspel. Miss! Miss! Please, Detective Miller, you may think I'm a murderess, but that doesn't mean you have to act like a flat-footed, cabbage-brained policeman. Oh, I like that. Flat-footed cabbage. Funny. I suppose my recomposed remains would be added to your cabbage patch if you had the chance to put me through your process? Indeed, yes. That's where I'd put your remains. So, do you want to confess? Pleading guilty will help your cause in court. Will it? But first, let me ask you. Those very healthy geraniums you have outside the station. Ah, yes. Planted by the late Sergeant Cobb. Poor man. He disappeared quite suddenly last summer. All I can say is the geraniums benefited from his ample girth. Oh, my God. You're a monster. The Hannibal Lecter of compost. 